Praise the Lord. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. And what we want to do, we want to acknowledge, are, are there any veterans here this morning? Any vets? Oh, amen. I see a, a couple. There, amen. We'd like, to, we'd like to pray for you. Amen. We want to pray for you this morning and thank you for your service. Amen. Father God, we thank those, my God, that have sacrificed life and, um, and, and well-being for the protection of, of others, Lord God. We, we thank you for using their lives, Father God, for their courage and, uh, and those even now who are a part of of the uh, services some in some form or fashion. Lord, we just thank you for this service, Lord. And we just ask your continued blessing upon them this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's, it's nice to have a day that we set aside for, you know, that we think about veterans. Now, all of you are are uh, members in the Army of God. Did you know that? We don't have a, a Veterans Day for uh, for God's warriors, but uh, we want to thank you also. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles, if you have them with you, to Matthew 24. I'm going to look at one verse, verse 12. I'll try and tell the story, but I encourage you to read the story. Matthew 24, verse 12, and I'll be reading it from the New International Version of the Bible. And if you have it, oh, it's on the screen there. Amen. And this is what it says. It says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning, Lord, for your anointing upon the reading of this word. Father, that you will, would guide uh, what is spoken today, that you would guide our hearts and our, our ears to hear what you're saying, that you would... Allow your word to, to fall on good soil, to produce fruit, Father. We want to hear from you this morning. And we thank you for your presence. We ask your continued presence be here. Meet us, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, when Jesus, he and his disciples, they were in Jerusalem at this moment. They were in Jerusalem, and they were just leaving the temple the temple there in, in Jerusalem. And uh, as they were walking out, uh, the disciples were fascinated by the buildings. Now there are descriptions about this, this, the temple itself and the buildings around, uh, about how beautiful these buildings were, especially the, the temple that was, uh, that was there at, at the time. Beautiful stone buildings built to last built to last, that some of them had been there for generations, and, and many believed that they would endure for, for many generations to come. Wonderful, beautiful, permanent buildings. But Jesus, he began to explain to them that even as permanent as these buildings appear, they will not be along, around for very long, that they would eventually come to ruin. In fact, he says, no stone will be left on top of another. And he was right. It was only about 40 years 
after this conversation that the temple was left in ruins. The temple of Jerusalem, beautiful building, left for ruins. What was so permanent, what seemed like it would endure forever, was ransacked. What seemed eternal turned out to be very temporary, and it did not last at all. There are several other buildings from that particular time that's still standing today. The, the Parthenon, the Pantheon, the, the Roman Colosseum, you can visit those places today. Some of them as old as this temple that Jesus was talking about, some of them even older, 500 years older than this temple that Jesus was talking about. And they're still standing today. But the buildings Jesus was talking about, their time was numbered. The winds of change were coming. And Jesus is saying that these things, as beautiful, as permanent, as, as much as people might expect that they would be around, their days are numbered and they will vanish. As the end draws near, buildings aren't the only thing that will disappear from the landscape. In verse 10, Jesus said, many will turn from the truth. Many, and he's talking about people here that there will be people who will disappear from the landscape. People who at one time seemed as permanent as a stone building, that they are unmovable. This person, man, is unmovable. I'll see them forever serving God. They'll be forever in church, all the time, every service, I'll see them there. Not anymore. There's coming a time as the end draws near where people will begin to vanish. He says that many will turn from the faith. Their faith will begin to crumble. The legacy that they perhaps built over time will begin to disappear. They're not the same. It doesn't, they, they, they do not endure. Then he goes on from there and into verse 11. And in verse 11, Jesus says that false prophets will appear and deceive many. False prophets teaching things that are, are not true. And, and then he says, so not only will, will many fall away from the faith, but many of those who hold on to their faith, that faith will be corrupted by the teaching of these false teachers and false doctrines, uh, strange doctrines and all kinds of things that will come up in the last days. And we see that happening today. Faith that seems so permanent, faith that seems deeply entrenched and lived in the lives of people, Faith that you, you would look at a person and say, there's no way that this person would lose the faith. There's no way that this person would, would all of a sudden begin to crumble and lose what they've always believed. Jesus says, just as the buildings disappear, the faith of some will be corrupted and it'll disappear. There are some who will walk away for completely and others who will stick around, but the faith is different, become strange. It's not the same. So, you know, the faith that seemed permanent, stable, will mutate in the last days into something that is unchristian. Jesus is prophesying that these two changes alone, just these two things alone, will devastate the church in the last days. And when you look around today, this is exactly what we're seeing. A falling away of believers... And people who were permanent, permanent before, and they, they just crumble, and, and all of a sudden they, they disappear. And then there are those who are influenced by the prophets of these days, these last days, 
pop-up preachers who can sometimes fill stadiums with followers and sell their own brand of Christian products that believers curiously consume. They look it up, they buy it, they, they consume it. But it's a different Christ, a different gospel. And they consume these things without discernment, without care about what is, where's the source of this stuff coming from. And perhaps the biggest change, not just that we have these, uh, you know, prophecies that will show up in the end times and people will follow those things and that some will just fall away completely. But Jesus describes perhaps the biggest change is this prediction he makes in verse 12. He says, because of the increase of wickedness, that wickedness, or your Bible might say lawlessness, so whatever it, it says, the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. The love will grow cold. Love itself will begin to disappear like a building, a permanent stone building. There's some buildings still around for thousands of years, but that one didn't stay. It seems like it would always be around. It seems like it would be permanent, immovable. You can't move this thing off its foundation. Jesus says love will be the same way. Love will begin to disappear. Compassion, care, affection. As, as wickedness increases, all of a sudden, affection will begin to decrease. Less love, less concern. While people are trying to save the spotted owl, the, the coastal tree frog. And we love the coastal tree frog, don't we? We love the frog. But love is becoming extinct, and very few are trying to save it. Very few are marching about love, protesting about love and, and, and the preservation of love. So Jesus predicts that wickedness will begin to increase. Some, like I said, some version, versions will say iniquity or lawlessness or transgression. Right? The actual word that Jesus used is anomian. It's, it's a, a, a word that means uh, uh, a, law, a lawlessness, uh, no law. If your Bible was like mine, it says, multiplicado la maldad. That's what mine says. <laughs> but whoever, and whatever version you have, we know exactly what Jesus is describing. He's describing an increase of violence, an increase in sexual perversion, an increase of racial hatred, of drug abuse, of of a moral decay, abortion and crime and perversion, divorce and all kinds of rebelliousness in youth. And because of this rising tide of wickedness, however it shows its face, the love of most will grow cold. Jesus says the love of most, which means the majority, more, more people than not will lose their love. While governments all around the globe, they're, they're boasting about a decrease in crime. And there may be a decrease in crime, but there's an increase in wickedness, an increase in lawlessness. Where all of these lawless deeds, even though crime rates seem to drop, all of these lawless deeds are happening and go unreported. Nobody knows about it, but it's happening. An increase in wickedness. People trade tenderness for tender, hello. 
love for lust. They switch it around. They, they make what is, what is uh, you know, ungood, they make it good. And they take the good and they make it ungood, rare and unusual. Jesus is predicting the loss of respect for goodness, the loss of respect for holiness and righteousness, that in the last days, this is what you can expect. If you see these buildings, they said, man, look at these wonderful buildings, man, check these out. What, these are beautiful. Look at, they're, they're beautiful. And, and this temple at the time, Herod had rebuilt Solomon's temple and it was a beautiful thing. You can see it from miles away. Beautiful, gleaming in the sun, a, a, a wonderful a monument of, of God's heritage, a lasting testimony of God's heritage. There's no way that would disappear. And soon after that conversation, you could go to that same spot and look around for it and there was nothing there. Nothing to indicate that there was something that represented so much that was there. Jesus says that's how love will be. In marriages, in friendships, in loyalty to Christ, in loyalty to the church, in loyalty to goodness. You can go to the same spot and look around and there's nothing left, nothing there that indicates that love used to live here, that love once thrived here. That's what Jesus is predicting. When lawlessness begins to become mainstream, love becomes obsolete, right? It's, it's a spirit. This lawlessness becomes a spirit. It's, it's not a, a, a personal spirit, but a culture. It's an attitude or an ethos, a, a, a feeling that in, encompasses the globe and sweeps over the, the hearts and minds of people. And this mystery of lawlessness swallows up everything that is good. And people begin to lose their love. Back in the very beginning, when Satan rebelled against God, his rebellion became contagious and it affected everybody. Beginning with Adam and Eve, and you've read the story, I'm sure you've heard the story. The first humans, they learned how to disrespect the law of God. They learned how to disrespect God's law, to, to take God's law at, you know, just, just you know, as, as, as something they can change and, hey, let's do it this way. Let's do it a different way. And what was the result? It brought shame to them. It brought violence and death to them. They lost their second son because of this lawlessness. It brought alienation to Cain and separation from God. As a spirit, it permeated the human race and we can't get rid of it today. It was infused in us, it, it, it's in us. It, it's, 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 it's living inside of us. Paul describes it perfectly. Man, when I want to do what is right, I can't seem to do it because this lawlessness is living inside of me. I can't seem to shake it. Thank God for Jesus Christ who sets us free from the spirit of lawlessness, amen? It's a spirit. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that, that it, it, it so permeated the human race until every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. That everything we think about Everything we talk about. And the spirit of lawlessness still runs rampant today, marching through the streets of our cities, right? Protesting what is right. Lawlessness. Being taught in colleges and universities. 
Be careful, right? Teaching kids to be helpless victims of warfare. Helpless victims of these godless thoughts. Teaching them to be godless, how to fudge the truth. How, how, to, how to, you know, bend the rules as if rules don't matter. As if laws don't matter. Educators and lawmakers and the media have made God an unspeakable subject. You can't even talk about Jesus in some circles. You can talk about everything under the sun except Jesus. Jesus says that if the light within you becomes darkness, how great is that darkness? And these are the days that we're living in. These are the days that we're living in. And if we're not careful, the faith and the love that we have and, and our, our Christian heritage, things that seem permanent and unmovable, will all of a sudden disappear, becomes like a, a, the ruins of a building, just a pile of stones that make no sense. Paul vividly describes this spirit in 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. He said, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive. And if you, if you know of any of this, just, just, just say amen, you know. <laughs> if you have any confessions, just say amen, that's, that's, that's me, I'll, I'll take that one, you know. Ungrateful, uh, or boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, hello. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, oh my goodness, rash, conceited, lovers, of, I hear some, some confessions and things. <laughs> lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. And then he says, Have, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. <laughs> wow, that's pretty heavy. When times got bad in the book of Revelation, when times got bad, John, the writer of, of the book of Revelation, says that even some of the churches, uh, for instance, Ephesus, she left her first love. When times got bad for the church, the first, her first love is Jesus. But he says, man, you left your first love. How are you going to conquer these challenges if you leave your first love? The church in Laodicea became lukewarm, no longer hot for God, no longer on fire for God, but lukewarm. And, and that was way back then. Where are we today? Where are we today? When iniquity rises, Love tends to decline. It tends to decline. It wears on the faith and the patience of believers, cynicism, all kinds of things. We become suspicious of one another. And loyalty is lost. Community is lost. Friendships are spoiled as a result of it. And love, which is, should be more durable than anything else. Love is probably the most unexplained phenomenon in the world. How we can fall in love and, and how we can love our children and, and love the things that, that are good and, and the things that are meaningful. All of a sudden for that to disappear. To disappear without a trace. It crumbles before our eyes. The primary characteristic, Jesus tells us, of the Christian faith of believers has always been love. Jesus says that it's love that identifies believers. 
You'll know them by their love, one for another, right? But the love that serves as an identifier in the last days will be hard to find. It'll be hard to, to distinguish who is a believer and who is not. The love, the loss of love, is, is kind of like the same in a relationship. You know, in, in a relationship when people, and it happens, it happens when people fall out of love. When couples fall out of love, it's usually not because of what happens between the two individuals. It's usually something on the outside that creeps into that relationship. Something outside, some unexpected pressures, whether it be financial, or some kind of illness kind of comes in and begins to mess things up, or some past trauma that, we that we're dealing with, and there's some trigger that, that brings those things back to life, or old, unfinished relationships that pop up on Facebook one night. Hello. Where you been all my life? Right? I hear you married, you know, so-and-so. Uh, Has he been good to you like I was? Well, Kevin's been very good to me. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Debbie's, Debbie's not in here, is she? <laughs> no? Okay. But it's these things that cause a beautiful, thriving relationship to lose their love. Stuff from the outside. And all of a sudden, they, we fall prey to cynicism and words begin to mean, what do you mean by that? You know, and uh, we begin to feel something different. Promises don't pan out. Uh, dreams change. And all of a sudden, betrayal begins to happen. This is what Jesus is predicting for the church. A global increase in wickedness, which res results in a global loss of love. Because real love is impossible for the lawless person. True love is impossible for the wicked person. As, incre as the increase of wickedness begins to, to uh, elevate in the world, love will begin to diminish. Wicked people can only care for themselves. They, they can only do what is uh, self-serving, selfish concerns, what is uh, only for them. And so as this tide of wickedness begins to rise, there will be a major cooling off of love. So I have just a couple of suggestions that I'd like to make uh, this morning. Number one, what I see Jesus is saying here is, first of all, he says the love of most will grow cold. And, and that's encouraging that he doesn't say all. He doesn't say the love of all will grow cold. He says the love of most, right? In the worst of times, when I read about God and the people of God, there's always a remnant of those who are left to believe, those who have held on to their faith, that those that God will protect. When the whole world is falling away, there's always a remnant, there's always someone that God has protected, that God preserves with a faith. Like Elijah, when, when he said, man, I'm fighting here, there's nobody left. God says, you know, I preserve for myself a whole number of believers faithful to me. God knows how to protect those that he loves. And he's able to keep us and protect us and preserve us. So although the love of most may go south, God knows how to preserve a remnant. Amen. We need to be that remnant. Amen. 
He'll preserve the faithful. A second thing that I see here that is encouraging to me is Jesus says that love will grow cold. It will grow cold, but not dead. He doesn't say love will die. It declines, but is not totally gone. And, and I say to that, I say, hallelujah, there's always life in the root. My mom used to fascinate me. She used to pick a piece of a plant and, and she would do whatever, replant it or put it in a, a cup or something like that, and that thing will grow, just a piece of it. And, and, and even though love declines, even though love may cool down, you can fan it back in, into flame if you desire to fall back in love with Christ and fall back in love with his word and worship and prayer. Fan it into flame. Fall in love with Jesus. If your love is, is being cooled off, if you spent too much time on the 405 freeway, that'll do it, man. The 405 freeway has made more apostates than anything, man. People losing their temper, temper, you know, saying things they've never said since they've been saved. Fall in love with Jesus. Thirdly and lastly, as it says in verse 13, I'm going to go to the next verse. Verse 13, he says, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Here, Jesus puts the responsibility squarely upon you. He who who stands firm to the end. You may be hit here and there. You may suffer under this warfare, but you decide, I'm not gonna be a victim of the devil's lies. I'm not gonna be a victim of this warfare, these attacks, these lies, the trouble that I'm faced. You know what? I, I can rise up and be a warrior. You can be a warrior. You can stand firm to the end. You can fight back. When you begin to get those feelings, like, oh, I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like I don't even want to go to church. And we begin to create excuses not to be faithful, excuses not to, to press through. Man, you can decide that I want to be a warrior. I'm not going to be a victim because it starts in a subtle way. It starts subtly with a suggestion. And love begins to be lost. Don't let love be like those buildings, beautiful buildings that look like they'll be here forever, that every generation will have an opportunity to see these buildings. Not. Those buildings are gone. And Jesus says love will happen in the same way. If you're not careful, but you can stand firm to the end. Jesus places that responsibility in your hands. And are you willing to stand firm in the face of a world that is going wild, going crazy, losing a respect for the law of God. This is what God is predicting for us. This is what God is saying to us, that the love of most will grow cold, but he who stands firm in the end will be saved. Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Father God, I pray for our church and believers around the world, my brothers and sisters in VO churches all around the globe, brothers and sisters who hold to the faith in churches, whatever their denomination. As we draw closer to the end of time, we face the spirit of lawlessness, a spirit of wickedness, a spirit that is promoted in the media, 
and in schools. A spirit, my God, that pervades the world, that even lives in the flesh. And I pray, Father God, for, for your people this morning, for each of us, that we would overcome this spirit, that we would overcome the lies of the world, that we would overcome the warfare that we face. I pray, Father God, that we would protect what we have, protect the faith that we have, the love that we have, that, Father, as it begins to increase and many begin to draw away from the center, which is Christ, that we would recognize, that we would discern where we are in relation to you, that we would draw back to you, that we would fan into flame the love that we have for you, that when we start feeling cooled a little bit and distant a little bit, that we would fan in the flame that love for you, that we would draw close, that we would discipline ourselves to draw close to you. I pray, Father God, that, that we would replant that root, my God, that seems to be decaying and dying, that we would bring it back to life, Father God, and that we would stand our ground, not to be victims of warfare, not to be victims of the lies of the enemy, but warriors who stand in the midst of an onslaught of evil. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people you've raised up. I thank you for those who who remain strong, those who stand their ground, those who are in the fight for themselves, in the fight for their families, in the fight for their city, for our church, Lord. And I pray an increase of your presence in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This morning, if the Lord has spoken to you and you say, you know what, I am in this fight for the long haul. I'm in this fight. I don't want to give up. I don't want to get weak. I don't want to be lied to. I, I want to, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. If God has spoken to you, why don't you come? If you stand and if you're in this fight for your family, if you're in this fight for your future, if you're in this fight because you want to seek Jesus face to face, to be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven, if you're in this fight for the long haul, why don't you come? Ask God for strength. Ask God to, to increase your ability to stand your ground on the onslaught of wickedness. Father, I pray strength upon your people. I pray strength. I pray creativity. I pray your anointing words, my God, of wisdom, guidance, my God, prosperity, my God, love, Father God. Increase, my God, their ability, their strength, my God, this morning. In Jesus' name.